Hello, my friend. Hello, sir. It's good to see your face. I'm sorry about all of our listeners that just only get to hear his voice, but mm. in the flesh today we have a very special guest, Mr. Jake Cooley. Myself. Thank you. <laughs> what an introduction that was, man. <laughs> this is his podcast. <clears throat> I'm going to start introducing you on here every week as, as if I'm guest. a guest yeah, on the podcast. I'm taking control of this podcast. That's funny. Yeah, we should do that. I feel I feel fun. honored now, man. Hey, do you think... Do you think we'll have guests on here sometime? Maybe someday. We what? have to make some friends first. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that and I just, I have some friends. I just don't know how interesting they are. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, um, this might, this might ruin it for everyone to learn how the sausage sausage is made. But <laughs> when you add a third voice, it's more than... It's just more work, you know. R.I.P. Nick. <laughs> R.I.P. By the way. Now that we're doing like the video thing and stuff, you know, it's. I, I do yeah. want to do guests eventually. Maybe, maybe that'll be a season, uh, season four thing or yeah. whatever. That'd be cool. Whatever season we're in, but yeah, That'd I don't. Cool. I don't like the idea of just doing, like, interview style. Mm-hmm. Like, if we have guests on. I want it to be more conversational than just like all right tell us about what you're working on right now or you know whatever because there's a lot of a lot of interviews out there and i feel like the people that the people that we would ask to be a guest are probably used to doing interview type stuff so it'd be more fun to just do like kind of like what we do just with a another perspective but yeah we probably would be asking a lot of questions yeah but do you um I know we, we, this is probably tapping into a keg already here pretty early on, but I know that with like this podcast, we really care about the quality of it and stuff. And I'm, I have a hard time uh, with music because I think I, I think I'm, since I'm always comparing it to people, I have a standard that I have for myself that I have to meet. Yeah. Do you find that this, um, this train of thought kind of ruins some things in your life sometimes it ruins almost everything i've ever done <laughs> in my life <laughs> I, I uh i can never enjoy anything and anything i've ever done i think is terrible you know <laughs> like i'm just being being raw and honest with with you all um i'm yes. never usually my biggest fan of anything and um yeah like when i when i listen to our podcast when i'm editing it i'll get to a point where i'm like yeah this sounds really good and then i'll go listen to another podcast and it sounds exponentially better to my ears Mm. and i'm like why why and i think some of it is some of it is just hyper being hypercritical um because some of it is just like the sound the fundamental sound of my voice i can't stand and like everybody's voice just sounds different, you know? So yeah. a lot of the things like when I'm comparing to like Dax Shepard's podcast, he has just this like really rumbly voice. Yeah. But the way that voice. I talk is different. So it, I don't know, it just sounds different. But um, I think we've come a long ways from, even from when we first started. Yeah. Like if you, if you go back and listen to some of the early ones, it's really hard to listen to. 
compared to what yeah. we have now. So you're talking about your voice. You're not necessarily talking about like the quality of the sound. For the most part, yeah, because I feel like your voice is more pleasing to listen to than mine. I mean, come on. But uh, I'm an exquisite male specimen. Yeah, you may I mean, not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you're a professional singer or something, someone who knows how to use their voice. See, but. that matters. But I also get what you're saying because it is. it shouldn't just be, well, he's a professional singer, so that's how it is. Right. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I never learned how to talk. I, I say this yeah. and it sounds weird, but that's like the, the way that I talk, I I speak in my nasal cavities, I think. And listening to you talk, I, I feel like you talk a lot more with your chest. Your voice just yeah. sounds fuller and mine sounds like kind of grainy and uh, I don't know. Everyone's going to everyone's gonna comment and DM you and be like, dude, what are you talking about? Because yeah. you're right, it is that thing where you, you, you hear your voice. I remember yeah. the first time um, we went to like a legit studio, I... I was so out of my mind to try and record vocals the whole yeah. time because it yeah, just sounded it didn't sound like me and then i was holding back right and um but but you don't hear yourself right now though i do a little bit yeah oh, you do a little bit yeah yeah. i have some some monitoring on my interface yeah. but i'm i'm a major narcissist i have like a ton of myself in here right now that's why you talk quietly on the mic though I know, you know, and then you know you, that, right? And then my Lord and Savior Jake Lee cracks yeah. me up. <laughs> this is a this is a problem that people run into when they start to be able to hear themselves, like mm. in the studio and stuff too. I, like, if you're too hot in your ears, you will play or you will sing reserved, even though that's not exactly what the mic is capturing. That's just how you have it turned up in your own ears. So right. there so is like a back. a point of diminishing returns where if your monitor mix is too hot you will start to react to that and not actually like perform the way that you should happens on stage wonder, too, like everything, everything. So you have, you have to be kind of careful about that. I wonder how you have your monitor set up. Like when you're in the studio recording, um, where are you at as far as like level wise compared to everything else? Um, my, I keep my stuff pretty low compared to everything else because even with in years in, I can still hear drums, you know, it's loud and it's right, right in front of me. And like, I can feel it. But if I really want to get into like more intricate type stuff, or if I really care about, um, so the way that I play, like, I don't just like hit every drum as loud as I, or as hard as I can. Like I try to pull sound out of drums, um, more often. So I'll, I'll turn that stuff up more, um, when I'm doing quieter songs and really need to feel, everything but um, if it's just like a rock song i'm usually i usually keep myself pretty low because i don't really need to hear it you know yeah that's interesting like i'm sure it's the same for me when i do my stuff but when we're in the control room and you're in there tracking your drums you're so far above everything yeah so you know i wonder if you could hear yourself like we hear you in there if you would be Mm. like kind of reeling back a little bit Potentially, yeah. I, I do think it would be helpful to sometimes hear it, how it comes through the final mix in real time, because the way that I hear, the way that you hear the drums raw through the monitors or through the monitor mix is like pretty much unprocessed, you know? 
Uh, but then you hear them in the actual track with all the EQ and compression and all that stuff that doesn't get sent through the monitors because otherwise you'll have latency. Um, sometimes when you're recording, it feels like it sucks, you know, because the sound, the sound that you're playing or that you're hearing doesn't match the reference track that you're hearing. Cause that's usually been mixed to some degree, you know? Mm-hmm. So it sounds out of place, but then when you get it back or, you know, the producer or the engineer has had some time with it and they, you know, make it sit well in the mix relative to everything else in context it sounds way better but it can be kind of this weird like you finish a take and you just feel like it sucked because the raw sound of the mics is so much different from like the the reference track that you're listening to yeah yeah i always i always remember justin um saying i can fix notes but i can't fix passion or i can't make passion yeah that was almost a cool quote but (laughs) so that's what you know that's what i like in the studio people we bring in like you and then i always just there's sometimes a note where it's just that day it has to be done but i just can't get there but he's like just just punch that thing in the face like it just stole Mm -hmm. you know your bike or whatever i don't know and then and then if he needs to like notch it up a little bit, he can, you know, yeah. there used to be a point of pride for me where I was like, well, if I can't hit the note today, then what's going to happen in Tuscaloosa on a Tuesday <laughs> right? when I can't. And, uh, he was like, no, you will. Cause you'll be on stage and there's adrenaline. And right now you're just in the studio. And, mm. um, I, I wanted to kind of ask you about something else you said, because, um, do you feel like when you record a part in the studio, like after, after we recorded here on ghost talker, yeah. did you feel like you would go home and listen to other drummers play? And would you like, did you flip back and forth at all? How How do you mean flip back and forth? You know, like thinking I would play it differently or what? No, I mean, like, did you listen to another track, another band, another drummer, and mm. then like flip back to what you tracked with us? And No. You didn't? Uh-uh. Oh, that's good. I was wondering <clears throat> if you did. It's, it's, uh, it's too short of a path to self-lo- self-loathing to do yeah. that. Yeah, that's like taking and, it right up the nose for sure. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> I don't know it's not like an apples to apples comparison, you know, like every, every producer makes their albums sound different. You know, like it, it would be, I would be comparing too many variables, right. Than mm-hmm. just the, just the drums. I think like the, the part that I would play would be more or less the part that any other drummer would play. So, mm-hmm. um, until you hear like the final mix, it would be hard to, um, draw any, any, comparisons that would be productive so yeah when when i was in the studio i wasn't like going home and then re-listening to like the the roughs that they would send you know it's just let it be done i guess (laughs) i knew knew you'd be considering analytical angles (laughs) too many variables yeah yeah it's just i don't know i don't like to get as for as much as much as i am in my own head i do try to limit the ways that I get in my own head, you know? Yeah. Cause 
I mean, coming coming off of a recording session, I would definitely be like feeling like there was probably things I did wrong, you know. So if I went immediately and started listening to similar music, yep, it would just be a spiral probably. So I have yeah. to kind of like let it settle for a while and uh yeah. I think that's been really important for me is like pull away from it. Mhm. And and like you said let it marinate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause you really, you remember those specific things that you might've changed and then right. you go back and listen to it and it's like, Oh, there right. it is. Yeah. But if you give it some time, you really can like, you feel that way with stuff at work too, like products you working on, you, something you would have done differently, but, but when it's, you step away from it, you feel like you can appreciate it as a whole. That's a tough question. Um, I feel like I always am just thinking about what I could have done differently. You know, like I, <clears throat> I released a product six months ago, I guess, I think. Um, and like pretty much every time I look at it, I just am reminded of the things like the, the corners that I had to cut or, you know, things that I could have done differently given more time or, um, you know, another go at it. But um, I always have to remind myself that like you eventually just make the mis- make the decisions you have to make to get it to the finish line, you know, um, as long as it doesn't detract from the overall quality of the product, you know, there are, there are shortcuts that every, every, uh, product has inside of it or whatever that you would never, you would never know about, but, um, are not always the most elegant choices, you know? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think this product that I'm working on right now, when it's done, um, I'll be able to kind of step back and appreciate the accomplishment more just because it's it's such a complex system. Um, but the ones that I've done previously have been a lot a lot simpler. So it's it's like it's easier for me just to fixate on the things I could have done better, you know, mm. but I'll uh, check back with me in 18 months and I'll let you know. <laughs> So is that part of like progressing? Do, do they assign more challenging um, products to you? Typically, yeah. Um, when you first start there, they definitely don't want to give you anything like too cumbersome because the learning curve of designing the product is daunting enough, but there's also a, a severe learning curve to just learning how the company operates and Mm. um, you know, all the checklists and processes and documentation and all these things that you have to keep track of while you're actually doing the project um, that can be really overwhelming. So they, they typically try to get your feet wet on, you know, a simpler project, something that's really derivative or something so that you can kind of understand the company processes more where you're not making so many like, difficult engineering decisions and then Mm. once you have that company foundation then you get uh you tend to get more complex uh projects where you can you know flex your engineering knowledge and stuff so doesn't that just does that wear you out though when you're you're getting the more complex thoughts yeah i i'm in that i'm kind of at that spot right now like the the project that i'm working on is is derivative meaning it's not you know super revolutionary in terms of products that are out on the market right now. But the amount of things that I have to think about on this project compared to projects I've done previously is like 
an order of magnitude greater, you know, um, it's hard to talk about without giving away any details. And because we're recording this and putting it on the internet, I'm trying to be really careful. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, go too in depth with it, but yeah, I, I have found like a few times the last couple weeks, I just went through, I think last, last time we talked, I said I had gone through a, a review. Um, I had a, what we call a strategy review on Friday, which is where you present your design to a room full of like 30 people that are all way smarter than you. And the purpose of the review is just for them to find problems, you know, um, which sounds harsh, but you know, no one's mean. It's just for the sake of getting a good project out, you know? So leading up to that time, it's really stressful because you're, you're not only trying to like wrap up, like, like get your design to a good point to where people can look at it, but you're also working on, you know, putting together the review, which is a long PowerPoint outlining all the details mm-hmm. you're working with a bunch of different teams to collect information for that and all this stuff. And then after that, you have to implement all of the feedback that you got and then like start working on ordering parts and, and all this. So like you get to a point where uh, I'm not at this point yet, but you get to a point in a project where you're not really doing engineering anymore. You're just kind of like overseeing a lot of moving parts and like managing ordering and timelines and schedules and all this. So like, uh, the fun part of my job is the actual design and like mm. coming up with solutions and thinking about all that stuff. But I would say that most of what we work on behind the scenes, that's like a, that's actually like a pretty small part of um, a project cycle. Like once you get the, the initial design done, a lot of it is, you know, testing, which is a bear and then uh, just managing schedules and making sure that you're not the long pole on a, tight schedule and stuff so yeah and i'm sure stuff crunches at some point so someone that tests it it's getting down to the wire but you guys have to make adjustments and then yeah yeah i'll be sweating yeah doing doing like mid mid development changes is is not fun um it's like it's part of the job like everyone understands that you're not going to get it right like on your first go and you're going to find the purpose of testing products is to find things to fix, you know, so that when it makes it to mass market, people aren't having issues, but um, you do kind of get locked into a design at a certain point and you have to be really creative about how you solve those problems. Um, So that, that is the stressful part really at the beginning, you kind of have a lot of, a lot more freedom to design things however you want because you're not locked in yet. But once you get locked in, it's, it's a lot more difficult and expensive to change things. So do you ever think about your um, mental fatigue compared to your physical fatigue in a normal day? Yeah. Yeah. I think about it a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot recently just because of the season that I'm in. I have found that my mental, I get more mentally fatigued than I get physically fatigued. You know, like, I mean, in terms of, in terms of like when I'm working out, I feel like I can keep going for a long time, you know, and I don't, I don't really know why that is, but, um, cause you could argue that they're both mental things, right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> but when I'm doing sit, sit down, doing like heads down work, really thinking about things and doing tedious tax tasks or even doing engaging tasks, I find that I get w- super exhausted, um, mm. to the point where like, I just can't, I just have to go lay down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Whereas like if I have a really hard workout, I feel like I feel like I can go about my day after that, which is why part of why I've started working out in the morning again is because I feel like I can get that done and then still have the mental bandwidth to accomplish the work stuff that I need to accomplish. Whereas when I was uh, working out at over the lunch hour, I had used up a certain amount of my mental bandwidth in the morning. And then when I got to my workout, I felt like I didn't have enough focus. I felt like I had to spare focus to save for the second half of my workday. Or the flip side of that is if I really went after it in my workout and really like focused on what I was doing, I had a really unproductive afternoon because I, I fundamentally believe that people have a finite amount of mental bandwidth. You know, I think some people have more and some people have less, but either way, I think it's like a limited resource. And, uh, I feel like I've gotten I've gotten pretty good at knowing my limits and knowing like when I just need to okay I'm not getting anything done I need to just be done and come at this tomorrow yeah. you know I think the for me it's the failure when I'm trying to tackle something with my you know um, problem solving the failure is what brings you down and it's yeah. almost like I think about like you know a kid when they get frustrated or like they're super upset. Mm-hmm. And the nap can usually come shortly after, right? Yeah. Because it just like takes everything <laughs> to be <laughs> frustrated. Right. I, that's the hardest thing for me. And, um, you know, doing some like remodeling stuff on the Airstream. And it's been challenging to try to figure out just some like simple mechanisms mm. that I wish I paid more attention to when I was in high school and stuff. Um you know, and, and it's like weight and angles and all this stuff that I sort of like slept through back yeah, then. Yeah, everyone everyone likes to think they'll never use geometry again. And then they and here we they are. go do a home improvement project and realize it's all <laughs> geometry. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that's been honestly it's it's been like happening on the weekends because I like to try to keep my normal work day, but then um like going on Saturday, you know, I I envy those people that can go into their weekends like, all right, now we're going to get mm. all the stuff done. Yeah. You know, I am not like that. I need, I need like, I can do some things on a Saturday. Okay. Right. Some tasks. Right. Sunday, definitely don't ask me to do <laughs> anything, you know, like, yeah. And it's really <laughs> been, I come in Monday just like, oh, and it's been a long time since I've, I've felt like my weekend is wearing me out since maybe I used to go to the bar every every weekend. Right. Times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm that same way. I, I really, there are some weekends where I like to work on things. Like I used to get really excited about doing like podcast stuff or music stuff on the weekends or, or whatever. Um, but I'm just in a season right now where I think because my, my, you know, nine to five, 40 hour work week is so uh, taxing to me right now. I'm in a very big, just like, just want to hang on the weekends kind of, kind of mood, you know, which is unfortunate because that tends to lead me down the path of like wanting to like drink and like go do fun things to like, I don't know, get some sort of dopamine rush or whatever. Yep. But you end up wearing out from that stuff too. So come yes. Monday, I'm not recharged, you know, like I, we had a, uh, we had Monday off last week for Martin Luther King day. 
And I just, I really feel like people need to have three days off, you know, (laughs) because you get like, you get like the Friday night or whatever. If you wanted to go do something Friday night or you just want to chill Friday night, whatever. But then you have like a day to go do something, a day to recover from doing that thing. And then you get another day to get like yourself in order to get ready for the work week, you know? Yeah. Like, man, I don't know what needs to happen if we just need to accept that life isn't going to progress as quickly, but give people three day weekends consistently. I just feel like people would be happier. You know, it seems (sighs) like it's, I know this is like my millennial (laughs) thing. You know, I try to be cognizant of that, but uh, I just feel like it's really shitty to expect people to work five days a week and only have two days off. Like the majority of your existence is work. And to say, to say that you have like, well, you only work eight hours a day. All right. But you know, if I'm going to work out like, then I need to get good sleep to get a good workout. So, you know, that brings it back. If you're going to bed at midnight every night, like you're not getting the recovery you need. Like you barely have enough time in the week to get all your work done and then also like take time for yourself or, or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how people, I don't know how people with kids do it, you know, because they go to work and then they have to like do their kids things after work or take care of their, you know, like I want kids someday. Don't get me wrong, but I'm having a hard time seeing how like mentally I'm going to be able to make that, make that work. You know, man, I never thought of it. I mean, I wanted a kid so badly. That makes it sound like I'm not happy now that I have a son. Boy, do I regret that son of a... I'm saying so badly that I never thought about like how it was going to affect the schedule in some ways. And and that's a whole other topic of like, how do I feel about those decisions? Am I I having a child if like I think my schedule is ready for it? Or like, am I ready to it bestow some sort of knowledge. Mm. Um, that's another, another episode, but yeah, it is a thing where like I work all day. So I get up, do my workout work all day. And then my wife has spent basically all day with the boy mm-hmm. and she's worn out from that. I mean, like, why wouldn't you be right? You know? Of course. There's a reason people get paid to take care of children. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. Boy, I never thought about that. (laughs) Seriously. And so, but then, you know, as, as it should be, I, I get done with work and it's time for me to like spend time with him. Right. Right. And then we're finding every day we get to the end of the day and neither of us have nothing left and we don't want to do anything. And it's like, what about you? And what about me? Mm -hmm. You know? And, and like you said, you come in, how do you face a work week already drained? Right. You know? Yeah. That's how, I, I mean, coming into this week, that's how I felt. Like I felt, and I didn't have that wild of a weekend, you know, I just, yeah, I just didn't well, feel I ready. I got some, ready for I got it. some pictures on Saturday. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I don't remember one of the days. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I spend like in these seasons where I'm really busy and I know like any of the the boomers listening or people above a certain age or whatever are just going to say, man, you just need to suck it up. 
And I get it. I used to be, I used to be a toxic productivity personality. Like when I was in college, dude, uh, my, my best friend in college and I used to wake up, uh, who listens to this podcast, but I want to give a shout out to my boy, Carl. He listens to this podcast. He's a, he's a, he's a fan of ours. Best friend. Um, he, uh, he and I used to wake up at like 5am during the week to go study and we called it grind time, which for me (laughs) to hear myself say that makes me want to throw up because I, I have done a complete 180 on my perspective of productivity since then, you know? Yes. Um, you know, and I, st- I still believe that like motivation is, is bullshit and fleeting and you should just develop discipline. Like I have the discipline mm-hmm. to do the work. I'm not saying that I'm not going to work and I'm not working when I should be, you know, working or whatever. But I'm just saying I used to be one of those people that thought like, you know, mental health is an important just grind, you know, do whatever you have to do to get ahead, all this kind of stuff. And I don't know, now that I'm, now that I'm at a company that doesn't really subscribe to that mindset i've really realized that there's more to life you know than just getting ahead and and work and we talked about this a little bit last week so we don't need to beat a dead horse but Mm -hmm. um it's just an it's an interesting perspective shift that i've had especially in the last like uh you know three or so years because yeah anyone who knew me in college like i was an asshole in college and i you know just basically would tell people if you're not happy just work harder, just do better, you know, be better at the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not always that simple. So like during a season like this, are you recharging differently than, than a season where everything's kind of breezy? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like in in seasons like this, I, I definitely prioritize just like laying around doing nothing in my off time, you know? Um, but in the seasons where, we have, you know, less pressing or just like less stressful overall. I tend to do more things like after work, like more happy hours after work or, um, you know, the day drink on Saturday sort of brunch schedule. I've, so <laughs> you know? I've noticed this now, now that you mention it. Yeah. I can see that change. Yeah. That's, that's super crazy. And I never, you know, I always just kind of thought, well, he's probably you know, going for a happy hour, you know? Right. But you always kind of like send a picture of your drink or something. So yeah. Yeah. If I'm at a happy hour, at least you will know, (laughs) but most people will probably know. And it's not like a conscious, I don't say like, okay, I need to buckle in, in this season, you know, and uh, just really focus on work. It's, it's, it's not Mm -hmm. like that. I just, I've gotten pretty good at listening to my, listening to my body and listening to my state of mind of just like, if I feel gassed, like I'm not going to push and go do something that I know I don't want to do. If I feel like I yeah. don't want to do something, I just tell people now, no, I, I just can't. Yep. And I just need to chill, you know? And I think that's a, that's a valuable skill. Again, one of these skills that no one teaches you is just like mm-hmm. taking, doing, taking what you need, you know, admitting what you need and, uh, uh, not being ashamed of like missing one poker yep. night or missing one happy yep. hour or something. Like if your friends are not going to invite you next time because you took one time off or whatever, they're not very good friends anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know? seriously. Yeah, I remember when I saw, it was like a year ago because I was just going through some of the posts I've saved from uh, like Reddit and stuff. There was this guy who posted, he was playing 
a game on PlayStation and he had like a half eaten pizza. And then next to him, his stuff on the coffee table, there was like kids toys. Yeah. And he, and he said in his post, like, you know, remember to take time for yourself. Right. And like that picture said so much because you, I would assume now, you know, knowing what I know that that was probably super late whole house was sleeping right that guy like ordered a pizza and this was his like oh thing. man you know doesn't That's that awesome. sound good right now yeah yeah <laughs> but i'm i'm always i guess from running you know because um i've learned to just kind of shut the world out right and just go mm-hmm. and and just hearing you say what you said about like being in tune with your body and knowing when you need rest um you know i tend to when i run i put headphones in and so i'm not listening to like my breathing or actually really even paying attention to like my gait and stuff like that and i know there's like a lot of hardcore runners that would tell you you know never listen to anything right you're running right right and um you know i've been i've been thinking about it you know maybe if i don't do it every time but i should go like without the headphones every once in a while and just like really get back in touch with like okay is this too hard Mm -hmm. or is it too easy and Mm -hmm. um you know i know i've i feel like (laughs) it happens so naturally but like the watch helps a lot yeah because last night i i ended up last night staying up super late yeah and i woke up this morning and my watch said uh consider resting today yeah and i was like come on yeah I ain't bitch made. I'm going, but I did not run. <laughs> okay, I did like a light workout, lightweight workout. Yeah. And, um, it's just like, man, that that is such a valuable thing because we're taught, especially the generation before us, we were taught just be gone all day, right? Grind it, right? And then when you're 65, you'll be able to go fishing. Yeah. And and it's so important to like, like you said, no, no one does that really. And you, you know, cause we were taught to just. I know. I feel like, I don't know. There's been this culture shift of doing less of that, you know, but I still feel, I personally feel convicted when I admit that I need time, you know, but I also still feel like culturally there's this like taboo nature to it, you know? Um, so I don't know. Like, like you feel bad, you feel bad for it almost in a way. Yeah. A little bit. Oh dude, I don't yeah. take, I like, don't take asking. time off from my job yeah. ever yeah. unless I have like a trip planned or something because exactly. I, if I just took a Friday off, I would not be able to relax knowing that everybody else is working. And I took Friday off just to putz around at my apartment, you know, mm-hmm. and not really do anything. I feel like I have to only take time off when I'm doing something interesting or fun or that I have money invested in or whatever. But like, that's not what you, that's not what you build the PTO for, you know, but, yes. and, and I want to clarify my company is not one of these companies that guilts you for taking time off. This is a self-imposed thing. And I think that's, that's mm-hmm. the point that we're trying to make is like, there's still this just like ingrained pressure inside of me to just like, don't be a bitch, just work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I said, yeah. I said to my therapist recently, I was like, I know I need to just stop being a bitch and just do this thing. And he was like, I think yeah. you need to stop saying that, you know, yeah. like, I mean, he's right, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad I told you that the other day. <laughs> yeah. My therapist, <laughs> Tyler. Man, it's it. And you know, I was telling you about this, but I was running the other day and it was kind of like, okay, so everyone probably knows this. You should know this. I'm the way that I take care of my body is very different than the way Jake does. It's, it is beyond motivation for you. Wouldn't you say it, it is like discipline? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's discipline at this point, but it's just it's routine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you texted, I texted you the other day and you said that, like, make it part of your day. Yeah. And like that, I hadn't heard that yet. I mean, it's like just another nugget that should get me out every single day. Mm -hmm. But like, I've always been kind of wishy-washy with it. And I will blame work and my schedule and and things like that. But I was running the other day and I told you this, but um, I saw like a runner from my uh, glory days that I used to just annihilate. Right. And he was, yeah, you know, and we passed each other on a road and he was going the other direction. And, you know, we just kind of waved at each other. And that's kind of a thing with runners. Like, this is stupid, but like if you're an actual runner, you don't ever stop and talk to another right, runner. Right, right, you, right. You'll be like messing the thing mm -hmm. up. And so like, I totally wanted to be like, man, like, you look great. You're, yeah. You know, his, his pace and everything. And I remember running past him and then, and then just being like, that guy is killing it right now. It wasn't even just like the fact that he, he looked like he has been running a lot. Yeah. His pace was good. His form, everything. And I just was like running by and I, and I like stopped on the corner and was like, <laughs> what, what, what am I, am I doing? doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, this is the thing too is like this might be taking it to another level but you know how people say just show up okay i could put my shoes on and get out on the road and run that's showing up yeah but like to dig deep and like kick it in another notch mm -hmm. that that's another thing mm -hmm. that's that's kind of where i was and like you you said make it part of your day I took that almost in my own mind. Like I have been making this part of my day. Like I brush my teeth. Like, right. Do I really pay attention? Yeah. Just get uh, it done. Get in all the spots, you know? Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, I do, I do feel like you can't, you can't win every day. There are some days where you are just going to have to show up, but I do feel like it is a good point to bring up that when you consider the things that become non-negotiable parts of your day, the focus element should also be attached to that, you know. Um, if you get if you get into a habit of passively showing up to the gym or passively going out for a run or passively doing anything, then that's going to be the standard operating procedure every time you do it. So I feel like you really do need to try to like, okay, I'm here. This is what I'm doing, and like, you know, focus focus in eighty percent of the time, and you'll progress at a really really good rate you know yeah. give yourself 20 percent to slack off or whatever but 
Well, isn't that with work too? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're gonna be there, I've always I've always thought that if I'm gonna go to work, then why wouldn't I just work? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it's grueling and like mm-hmm. you, you you know you get nothing done, and then tomorrow's harder. Mm-hmm. You know, but if right now, are you kind of in control of of how much you do in a day? Like, what what if just hear me out? Yeah, say no, I'm today. Thinking. You wanted to do just a little bit, knowing that you were going to have a drink with me and hang out on this podcast, and we were <laughs> just going to chill. And then tomorrow, you were going to just like full bore it. Can you do that? Um, your supervisors listening? To some degree, yeah. I, <clears throat> I'll say to some degree most of the time, but not really in what where I'm at right now. I'm at, do you I, do that? Most of the, I feel like most of the time, yeah, we, we can flex our time. We can say, I'm going to kind of phone it in today and just really get after it tomorrow. But the trade-off there is, you know, you don't always know what's coming tomorrow. And I've made this mistake before of saying, well, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just going to handle this tomorrow. And then a fire starts tomorrow, you know, that I have to deal with that. That's priority one. And then, so now I have this backlog of one days of work Mm -hmm. that I couldn't do because I had to deal with this issue that came up that was more pressing, you know? So you have to kind of pick and choose, you know, you always are going to have to pay the piper eventually. If you kick, yeah. kick the can today, you're going to have to pick it up tomorrow or, or whatever, or whenever the day is. So um, I, I always have to decide if, if like kicking the can today is worth it, you know? Yeah. This is like when when you have tried to convince me to take a day off work just to you know play video games. That doesn't off, that do doesn't often work, you know. <laughs> but <clears throat> I wanted to come back to this because uh, on my birthday this year I took a day off from work, and that's all we did was we just played video games, you know. And it was great. Was I, awesome. I needed it. I was celebrating myself or whatever. But that was worth it to me because it was you know the timing of it all worked out. Um, it was a special occasion or whatever. But um, yeah, I can't, I can't do that every, every week just because stuff will pile up, you know, that's side note. That's the best part about having a good friend is that when they have a birthday, it's like sort of your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone that I needed to explain that I was gaming to all day, I was like, watch Jake's birthday. And they're like, Oh, of course, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. We always, we always oh, find a way, we always find a way to celebrate each other's birthday as if it's our own. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the last good. the last few years that's what we've been doing. I like it. Yeah, like we get two birthdays. By the way, here. if you needed something to look forward to, July is yeah coming around the corner. Boy, do I! You know, I during the week too. I I don't think so much based upon like oh I've got this load today and and I will clean everything off the slate and start fresh tomorrow. I think right. I I push what I can. Right. And I've I've always tried to. I've always tried to extend deadlines and that's kind of the joke with, you know, talking with the people on our team is like, well, we, we need it on the 12th, but tell Tyler we need it on the 7th (laughs) and then, and then I'll know, well, I'm actually going to wait until the 12th and Mm. it's, you know, I've, I'm aware of it. I'm self-aware of it. So deadlines happen for me now, but I was I was especially famous for doing that. Mm-hmm. And and you know there's there's you can't explain to someone in your in your 
your fellow, your coworkers that like life is happening. Right. right. Like Jake, you, you have to show up. Right. Or the thing doesn't get made. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. In general. Yeah. I mean, I think to a certain degree, you know, if something really catastrophic happened, I do feel comfortable saying to my, my managers that yeah. I need the time, need you know, a day or two. but they also know that of me that I'm not, you know, I don't, my right. grandma doesn't die every month, you know, yes. like everybody knows one of those people who like always has a relative that dies or whatever. Yeah. Um, That's so funny. So yeah, I think from the corporate side of that coin, like it is important to develop that reputation, like that trustful reputation, like mm. between the two of you where they know, like if you say, Hey man, like something happened, I need to take a week off. Yeah. It might not always be ideal and it might be, uh, it might be tough, but you know, a lot of times, almost all the time, they will accommodate accommodate that, you know, from what I've seen at, yeah. at my at my company. So, I probably have said this every episode for the last couple couple episodes, but um, there on Seinfeld the other day, uh, Newman. So Newman is like Jerry and George's arch nemesis. He's in the apartment complex. Yeah, he's yeah, a, he's terrible. He's a crap. <laughs> <laughs> he's a mailman. But, what more do you need to know? Yeah, gosh, can I tell this concisely? So George works for the Yankees, and George brings a calzone into a meeting one day, and his boss is like, what is that, George? I want that. So George goes and gets these calzones, Uh and he keeps getting them, and they're great. Well, eventually, George, this is is a super interesting concept also. Mm -hmm. Um, When he goes up to tip after picking up the calzones, George, he puts his money in the tip jar, but the cashier doesn't see him put it in. Yeah, he turns around to do something else. And if if you watch the show at all, this sends George into like a spiral. Yeah, he has a conniption about it. Yes, so the next time he goes in to pick up the calzones, he wants to make sure the cashier sees him put them in there. Mm -hmm. But the cashier doesn't see it again. uh, Cashier goes into the back, George reaches into the tip jar to like replace his money in there. Yeah. Cashier walks out. So you're stealing money from me. Get out of my, yeah. you're never coming back here right. again. Right. So long story short, George has to have Newman go pick up the calzone calzones for him. Right. And give them, and he pays Newman for it. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Well, this one day George goes over to pay Newman and he hears Newman in his apartment and he's like, Newman, he knocks. Newman answers. He's like, shouldn't you be working right now? And Newman's like, it's raining. <laughs> and George is like, rain, snow, sleet. That's, that's the first part of the, the, the post office creed. Yeah. <laughs> you go. And uh, anyway, uh, Newman's like, I had an agreement with you that I would pick up your calzones on my route. Mm-hmm. And I am not working mm-hmm. today. And that is the kind of person... You did not want on the team. <laughs> no, yeah. You want to know that the people that you're working with, like, if they need time, they need time, you know? Yes. Yeah, because if you, you know, if you and I were working together in a more a close capacity day to day, if ever you told me, man, I just need to sit this one out or whatever, I mean, I wouldn't even bat an eye. Right. Because I know you, you mm-hmm. know? Same, same with... Everyone that is on my team right now, I would not question it. But um, 
you know, I might be the person that I would question, honestly, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I try to do a good, I mean, I want to be there. I want to be there for important decisions. I want to feel valued and I want to like input on these things. Mm -hmm. And anytime I totally get what you were saying. Like I, there is a guilt that I'm not sure where it comes from. Nobody ever taught me that. That there's a guilt in in not being there when everyone else is kind of going through it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could get rid of it. The the guilt comes from being from the Midwest. <laughs> Wouldn't be so bad if it weren't for this wind. <laughs> <laughs> Scratch one off for the similar vein drinking game. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I really do feel like that has something to do with just where we're from, you know, and the fact like both of our dads are just grinders, you know, and I'm not saying that our dads would like shame us for taking a day off or anything. I'm just saying like we grew up, that was our perception of work and success and uh, providing, you know, our perception of like a, a strong man is the guy who stumbles in, you know, just covered in dirt at the end of the day just looks defeated like i have this i just have this mental image burned into my head of like sitting at the like in the kitchen while my mom was making dinner this sounds like super you know stereotypical gender roles but this is how i grew it up is what it is sitting in the in the kitchen as my mom was making dinner when my dad comes home and he comes in covered in drywall dust and stuff and just like gives this like like I'm finally home, you know, look. And like that stuck that I still think I think about it every day. You know, like I feel like if I don't finish a day of work to where I'm like that exhausted that it's like a a failed day. And I I know that Damn. he would tell me that's not the tr that's not the reality, you know, and I'm I think he did that all so that I didn't have to, you know, so that I could get yes. to this point where I have a job where I can say, nah, I'm going to play video games <laughs> today and, and yeah. take a day off. But, <clears throat> yeah. but I mean, when you grow up observing that and being as, you know, introspective and, uh, wanting to live up to expectations like I do, um, that, that stuff sticks with you, man. And even though I'm at a point now where I'm, I really do try to prioritize knowing like if I need the time or, or whatever, I always think like, I, I don't know. I just, I just always feel guilty for that, for that reason, you know, just growing up around people like yeah. that, like everyone I knew their dads were like that. Like we just lived in kind of that blue collar region of the world. You know, everyone's doing yep. construction or some manual labor or, or whatever. And, um, that's just the way it goes. Man, that hits. I could I could mansplain again what you just said and and say how it, how it hit me too, but I feel the same way. I watched that. I want that, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I any job, I think it's so important to feel like you gave everything. Mm -hmm. But but at what cost? Right. You know, and that's what I've been I've been trying to think about. Yeah. Lately. Yeah. And I think it's important to clarify, like, I think there's a balance, you know, I, I definitely don't want to promote a soft mentality, you know, mm -hmm. like at the end of the day, like you need to, you do need to buckle down and grind, you know? Yep. And, uh, some days you're not going to want to do it and you're going to have to do it. And yep. I, I think people should, 
I think people should feel good about working hard at things, you know, and I feel like yes. people shouldn't expect to just like get through life on their feelings and stuff. But mm-hmm. at the, like on the flip side of that, it, you can go too far in the opposite direction and just completely sacrifice your entire life for the sake of whatever the thing is that you're working on, you know? So yeah, you can be, you can be super toxic productivity, bro, or you can be like <laughs> floats through life, you know, sort of guy. And I don't know, you don't want to be either of those people. Just find, find the balance. I think, you know? Yes, absolutely. All right, dude. Well, before we, before we head out, what are you sipping on tonight? Oh, you're going to, you're going to ask me. Yeah. So, um, this, you know, this is going to sound like a, a humble brag or something. I don't even know what that means. But I got you a bottle of Larceny for your birthday. Oh, good choice. Um, but I was waiting on it. I ordered it because in the uh, remote place that I live in the world right now, and it doesn't really come here. So mm-hmm. um, I, I may have ordered two bottles. And uh, I decided that I was going to have that whiskey when we do the podcast yeah because you found that whiskey right uh-huh. in kansas city or, uh, i found is it that where it's bottled i found it when i was in college no i don't know where it's bottled but it's uh no, forget that yeah i'm gonna drink the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> i found it on what, some what some list i bought it for my brother-in-law for christmas one year because it was like on yeah. the list of like underrated bourbons or something it's pretty good yeah it's I super, it. super good yeah. very good what are you having Dude, old faithful Woodford man. Oh yeah, yeah. can never go wrong. Can never go wrong. That is one. That is one of the best bourbons I think. It's right. It's so good. Right there, middle. Yeah. Right where your eye line is yeah. on the shelf. The bottle looks cool. You know, that's an simple. That's bottle. an important part of it. It's easy to drink. Good in cocktails. Good by itself. Good all rounder, in mm, my opinion. Get ready for the uh, bourbon spinoff podcast. Yeah, coming because we're definitely bourbon 50. connoisseurs. We just drink bourbon. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> look at me. All right, dude. Look at you. <laughs> Cheers. Let's cheers the camera here. Cheers, brother. All right, guys. That's going to do it for this episode of Similar Vein Podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe if you haven't already. Hit us up on Instagram and TikTok at Similar Vein Podcast. And until next time, we will see y'all. See y'all.